Welcome to On the Prowl. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of On the Prowl podcast. I'm your host, Robert Roten. And I'm Remy Johnson. Thank you for listening to us today. Today on the show with us, we have former Memphis Tigers standout football player, Sam Kraft with us. Welcome to the show, Sam. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Thank Glad you to have you on. How are you doing today? Yeah. I'm doing good, man. No good. Living life, man. Taking care of the family. That's all. Yeah? That's all it is? Yeah, yeah man. Well, college football season's around the corner. Week zero starting this weekend, but week one is officially next weekend, September 3rd, mm-hmm. starting off some big games, Memphis at Mississippi State. So that'll be fun. I'm sure we'll all be watching and most of us will probably be in attendance as well. But we're going to dive right in. So what was the main inspiration to go into sports for yourself? Oh, man. Um, growing up, I've been around sports since, you know, coming out the womb. Uh, my dad, you know, a lot of people know my dad played at Memphis. Um, he was a wide receiver in the late 80s. Uh, I have two older brothers who actually played football also, but they played down in North Alabama, which is a D2, a D2 school. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my brothers was an All-American out there, man. He played Canadian football, had a, a really successful career. Um, and you know, for me, man, I just was around the game for so long, just being in my dad would coach him growing up. I'll be right there behind him. So just being around the game, seeing my dad playing flag football and going to go to open gyms, I was always right there with him. Uh, so therefore, it kind of just made me fall in love with the game at, a, at an early, early age. Yeah, that makes sense. Being, being around the game can definitely Im- impact your love for it. So, so I definitely understand that. And so for, for those that don't know, uh, you were a two-sport athlete in college. You, ha- you mm-hmm. spent some time with the basketball team as well as the football team. So what kind of led you to do that? Because I know a lot of a lot of people like are dual athletes. Once you hit like the high school level, you still have like those multi-sport athletes, but you don't really see that on the college level as much. So what, what led you to be one of those athletes? Oh man, to be honest with you, it was kind of, it was a hard decision uh, coming out of high school to even pick one sport. Um, I feel like I was actually equally good at both. Right. Um, I had a very successful career in basketball just as much as I did football. So when I got to Memphis, man, uh, I actually was supposed to play my freshman and sophomore year, but I had such a successful career like those first two years in football, man, it kind of pushed back basketball to a back burner. But uh, right. I had I had an opportunity to win uh, Memphis basketball. I was kind of on a down slate, and I feel like they kind of needed a little help, and I I think I was able to kind of come in and help some. Um, and I just took that took that chance, um, and then it was it was a dream of mine, you know what I'm saying? So right. being such a I was a huge Derrick Rose fan, uh-huh. uh, especially when they had to make their run there. I was a huge D'Angelo Williams fan when he was at yeah. Memphis. So it's kind of like, it was like best of both worlds for me in the sense of being able to come in and, and, and trying to play in both sports. Right. So I just took the opportunity, man, and wanted to put my name in the history books, which I was able to do, man. And like I said, a lot of guys weren't able to do that. And I'm just kind of glad I was one of those guys who was able to. Yeah, no, that's a pretty cool opportunity. So I'm definitely excited that you were able to do that. So you mentioned a minute ago that your dad played at University of Memphis, but what's the... What stood out to you the most about you wanting to play your collegiate career at the University of Memphis and be a Tiger? Like I said, man, being a being a big fan growing up was was a big part of it. And then also, man, at the time when I was getting recruited by Memphis, uh, you know, we weren't that good uh, in a sense. Um, Memphis football was kind of struggling, and I, I wanted to be a part of that rebuild, um, that rebuild process. Um, and when Coach Fuente came in and my recruiter, Coach Daryl Dickey, man, those guys kind of made a real good connection with me. And just for them being like how honest they are, how honest they were with me coming in, it kind of just stood out to a part like, okay. I think these guys trust me in the sense of trying to help them rebuild this process. So I just took advantage of that. And out of all the coaches that recruited me in that process, I feel like those two guys really wanted me the most. And 
Mm-hmm. It just it just felt like home for me. It felt like it was the right it was the right thing to do at the time when I feel like it was, man. Because now I feel like the Memphis football program is like really on the rise and it's kind of steady, staying steady. Yeah, I was about to say you're you're really like your time there was really kind of like accelerated. You, yeah, you, man. You were that start. You were exactly what you wanted to be at that like mm-hmm. starting point for that rebuild. So here we yeah. are now. So um, yeah, big props to you and that team. That's that's some impressive stuff. So appreciate that, man. Of course. <clears throat> So we've we've already mentioned you were a two sport athlete. You were you're a very athletic man yourself, and it really showed, especially especially on the football field. You were used as like a gadget type role. You did a little bit of everything. So mm-hmm. what what was your favorite position that or like favorite role that you had on the team? Did you did you like returning kicks? Do you like? Uh, it was a I man. It was it was a combination of everything. To be honest, it was like growing up, man. I, I've always been that type of guy to where. Uh, I would be at running back, and then when it's time to pass the ball, I would move the quarterback because a lot of people don't know I played quarterback in high school. Right. Um, for me personally, man, just having the ball in my hands was a big part of this plan, period. I just wanted to have the ball in my hands, um, making plays when I had the chance, and just doing that, it kind of just was able for me. That was fun for me, you know what I mean? Right. Um, whether it was a receiver, whether it was that running back, whether it was that receiver coming in for a jet sweep, I just wanted to have the ball in my hands, no trying to make the play. Right. Oh, for sure. What would you have, what would you have to say your favorite football or basketball memory and all was? Man, football, uh, you know, because towards the end of my career football, actually the, the years, the year I actually finished playing basketball, after that I kind of started to take a lot of injuries, which was kind of tough on me. But I would probably say, man, the Houston game, I think that was 20, my sixth year was like 2018, 2017 maybe. It was well, I can't remember exactly. But it was I scored a touchdown on senior night, you know, and I went two years with missing football. So, yeah. That memory right there, man, was kind of big for me because for one, it was that touchdown was a, was a big play. Uh, it was it was a play like towards the end of the third quarter for us to take the lead. Uh, that momentum swing was a was real huge for us, and we was able to win that game. Um, yeah, I yeah. And I I remember the play was it was kind of like, in a sense of an accident because Tony Pollard, like I didn't play running back my senior year. I was a receiver, but I seen Tony Pollard get tired, and uh, and when when he when he seen him get tired, the guy that was behind Tony. Didn't run in the game, you know what I mean? He, he was kind of I don't know where, I don't know where he was at, but I just ran out there because I still knew how to play the position. I still knew the to, to knew the playbook at, uh, for the most part. So when I got out there, I was actually assigned to lead block on that play. But yeah. the way the defense was set up and the way the D line was shaded, the play got copied to the opposite side. You know what I mean? And that meant I got the ball. And I remember getting the handoff and Darren Henderson hit the hole and it just opened up like the Red Sea. So when I got the ball, I knew I was going to score. I had to make one, <laughs> one, one cut, make one person miss, and I had a t- chance to score a touchdown, man. I can remember like being 10 to 5 yards out. I just was smiling, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew like that was kind of like a exclamation point on my career because man, after that, I knew I really didn't want to play ball like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I, I knew my career was going to not say come to an end, but I knew I had to take a next step into my life, you know, in general, because I wasn't the same ball player in my last couple of years just because of the way my body was kind of breaking down. So yeah. I think that right there was a really, really big memory for me because I, I, I get that picture framed and put it in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big memory for sure. So, so you kind of just alluded to it, but what was your favorite position to play on the football field? Oh, man, anywhere that you get the ball. <laughs> Uh, it could have been, like I said, kick return. It could have been running back. It could have been uh, wide receiver. But, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. Like, I, I will say, um, I guess when Novell came in, we was considered, me and Tony Paul was considered like a fullback, yeah. which is just a hybrid type of guy who played that receiver and running back position. I feel like those two, I mean, I feel like that's that's where I was best at. You know what I mean? So, I really can't, I really can't and tell you what position, just as long as I had the ball in my hand. Yeah, no, I, I got you. Well, so, you did score a lot of touchdowns for Tigers fans. That is true. <laughs> Tigers and- Sam Craft is a big name, so 
So you definitely made your impact. It is indeed. Oh, yeah. So you oh, you, yeah. you kind of mentioned how like um you realized coming to a point that like your career was over, but I mean you still had a lot of like core memories and core lessons that you learned throughout your career. So what what would you say are some of like the biggest life lessons and like the biggest things that you've taken from your playing career that you utilize in everyday life now? And just everybody goes through adversity, uh, whether it's sports or whether it's just an everyday life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just how you deal with it. Um, I was able to graduate with two degrees during that process. Uh, so I made sure I focused and stayed in school. Um, and to be honest with you, it just learned me. It, it just taught me how to just to keep going and not 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 stay down to yourself because it was a point in time where, you know, it was hard in the sense of just getting up every day, still going to the training room, trying to get your body back together. Uh, but it showed me that everything happens for a reason. Uh, right. God works in mysterious ways, and I feel like he has a plan for everyone, and I, I just kind of stayed focused on that and, and not pretty much kill myself because I had freak accidents because it's right. a part of the game. Um, a lot of guys say... I should have did this. I should have done that. I, I try to keep. I try to keep those words out of my mouth because, like I said, everything happens for a reason, and, and I've benefited so much from being able to overcome certain things when it comes to sports and when it comes to everyday life. That it, it kind of carried me and made me the man I am today. I respect that for sure. So we're we're sure you still watch the Tigers to this day and cheer on the Tigers. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on the upcoming season and this? Big season that the Tigers have for football. Man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited um, because, um, especially with you know, we have some key players leaving yet last year, like Calvin Austin, and and we have the, the quarterback coming back in. That's, that was a freshman last year, so I, I'm excited to see how these guys go. Um, and I, I'm I wanted to go down to the Mississippi State game, but <laughs> I probably won't be able to make it. But I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a good season. I feel like Mississippi State gonna come out and play hard, especially that first game since we got them last year. Yeah, um, sure. I'm excited to see how that, that running back court goes with, uh, I forgot the kid's name, but he's number two. I forgot his name, but. Uh, Clark, Clark, Clark. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm excited to see how he, how he rolls out and, man, and see if he have a breakout a breakout season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're going to do well, man. I think Coach Silverfield is, is doing a, a hell of a job and getting those guys prepared throughout camp. Um, and, you know, now we just got to put it all together and see how it goes. Yeah, I'm with you. So, so I mean, as, as we all know, you, you're a co- uh, former college athlete yourself, so you you know how it is. Um, so I do want to ask you, what's your take on NIL? Like, what what do you what do you have to think about that? Do you, do you feel any, any like not necessarily animosity, but <laughs> but like that was prior to you, or are you like happy for the guys now because you know like the struggle and the work that they put in? Yeah, for sure. No, I'm 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 happy for them because I mean I, I can recall at the time I was playing, man, I, I would see. I would see my jersey out, you know yeah, what I mean? There'd be a lot of uh, I, I I remember that. Yeah. Too. I, <laughs> I would see my jersey, man, Paxton Lynch, Bob McCall. I would see those and I'm like, man, which is like right now, I mean, I'm grown, so it doesn't matter, you know. But <laughs> at that time, man, you you would want to get compensated for for something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm glad these guys have been able to get the opportunity to do that. Uh I guess you could say we paved the way for them, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, sure. And like I said, I don't I'm happy for them. And, you know, at the end of the day is we want to keep continuing to get better for the for the younger generation. You know, I have a, I have a son right now, so hopefully when he gets to that point, if he does get to that point of sports, what he want to do, he'll be able to get compensated for people using his name and yeah. using his jersey number. You know, in the sense of him getting paid or or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, but sure. I, I think I think it's pretty cool, man. Um, I don't have any I don't have any regrets, bro, because that's that's big time for college football players all yeah. around the country. I'm with you 100. So we mentioned earlier that you played right when the Tigers were on the rise. So how does it feel getting to be a part of a program that was just on the rise 
with getting the players like Paxton Lynch and a coach like Coach Fuente who just put Memphis back on the map and made everyone want to watch Memphis football again and pack Liberty Bowl. Man, it actually feels good because it, I remember like when I committed to Memphis my senior year, I actually committed the summer going into my senior year. So I kind of was, I was the one of the first uh, commits in that class. Um, and I remember my freshman year, we went three and nine, you know, um, but we really never lost a game where we just got blew out. It was almost like we was right there. Um, and it was kind of in a sense, like it was the small details that we kind of would mess up. But mm-hmm. after that year, we went 10 and three and it was felt good because we was able to, I've heard things like, y'all not going to be that good. You know, Memphis is going to continue to be Memphis. Um, but to be a part of that process to turn around, man, and, and to, to, you know, to throw it back to some of these guys' faces who say, yeah, oh, be that sure. good, it's a, it's a great feeling, you know what I mean? And for us to continue to be able to compete on a high level with some of these SEC schools and different schools out, out, out of the AA, the AAC, it's a, it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge plus, you know what I mean? Because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people still doubt Memphis, but, but I'm for sure a lot of people respect us now, you know what I mean? And I feel like me being a part of that process was, was big for that. Yeah. So you did mention like the respect that Memphis has against like your other peers but on the national scale i say memphis is still pretty uh underrated and for mm-hmm. example we have like with the conference realignment stuff going to the big 12 stuff like that yeah. what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that like what, what what do you think that memphis can do or memphis should do to gain that national respect and i know it might not necessarily be like the football thing because there could be like money mm-hmm. involved and stuff like that yeah we, we really can't control but is there anything that we could do from like a sports standpoint? Um, man, from a sports standpoint, we just have to continue winning. Um, I think winning kind of brings a lot of attention to you. Yeah. Um, exactly. but like you said, it does it does play a part to where is money is in part, you know, money is involved with it. because uh, you gotta think about our campus is not huge, but uh just riding back down, man, they've they've improved it so much with the new rec center. Yeah. Um, you know, and just rebuilding on the campus, it, it, I think therefore it'll, it'll help increase our enrollment and make it a bigger school in the sense of what's making more money and things of that sort. Um, I just feel like we just got to keep on the path that we're doing, man. Basketball keep winning, football keep winning, even our soccer, baseball teams, like everyone kind of keep contributing and, and keep pushing forward, keep getting better. I think eventually we'll be able to get to those power five schools that we want, you know, the power five countries that, we, that we're yeah. trying to get to. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Who would you have to say the funniest teammate was? That you- <laughs> the funniest teammate, man. We had a lot of them. Man. We- <laughs> oh, bro. Man. You can say yourself too. If, if if you if you thought you were the funniest teammate, you can go and say it. It wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. Uh, but man, you had uh, Donald Pennington. Uh, if you guys remember Big Juice, mm-hmm. we called him Juice. He was a D lineman, I guess, from that 2000. He was there. He was older than me, so I did see probably like 2000. 12 to like 15, 16, something like that. Um, yeah, Big Juice, you had Curtis Aiken. I'm sure you guys remember Curtis Aiken, the middle linebacker. Yep. He was a country, he was a big country fool. <laughs> <laughs> um, you man, you had Latarius Brady, was a, he was a clown. Uh-huh. Um, I've been knowing Latarius since the middle school. We, we actually played middle school basketball together, created one of middle school. So That's I've been known cool. for years. Uh, who was our father put in that list? Uh, was TP or Daryl on that list? No nah, man, don't no nah, don't don't gather more. Daryl is really laid back. You know what I'm saying? Daryl really didn't. I mean, he would crack a joke here and there, but he was more laid back, kind of a cool, smooth guy. Tony, you no, know, so Tony was Tony, and I'm not gonna say he wasn't funny, but you know, cracking jokes. We we would sit back all clown in a sense. You know what I mean? But yeah. guys who just stood out, man. I, I would probably say those three: Curtis Aikens, uh, Latarius Brady, Big Juice. Man, those guys were 
Demonte Coxie was a clown. Yeah, 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 yeah. My little young boy, he was he was a clown. He uh, seems like a funny guy to be around. Yeah, he's he's outgoing like a mud. He's he like to dance a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was yeah, no, he, he was cool, man. <laughs> Do you would you say that like the like camaraderie and like the the team bonding like stuff like that really contributed to like the turnaround or like. Oh yeah, big time, man. Uh, like I said, I, I can recall like that my freshman year. Um, you know, we, like I said, we lost a lot of games, man, because I guess in a sense, our brotherhood wasn't as strong. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, trusting trusting somebody on the football field goes a long way. Oh, for sure. Um, but I can remember like that freshman class that we brought in, man. We all hung out pretty much every day um, outside of football. So I feel like that right there created a bond, man, that, that nobody really could break. Um, and that, and that, and that helped a whole lot. You know what I mean? Because like you said, you, when you're out there in practice and you busting your tail every day and your brother next to you can tell you to come on if you feel like you're slacking and you won't take it a certain way, it helps a lot. Uh, because you know, you got to hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we did create a really, really good bond, man. And, and I feel like Coach Fuente, he brought that, he brought that into the program. Uh, yeah. And I feel like when Coach Novell got there, it was more or less the players keeping that going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was already set in stone, um, and it made it it made it easy for him in order, you know, in, in the sense of a coach to come in and try to keep that that momentum going. Because us as players, we had already molded the young guys to even keep it that going. You know what I mean? Uh, to keep that brotherhood. Make sure you're hanging out with your brother. Make sure you're looking out for them. Make sure they're going to class. So I feel like it does play a big part. Yeah. I'm What's any advice you'd give to any listeners to that are young two-sport athletes or football players or basketball players that are listening to this episode today? Oh, man. If you're a two-sport athlete, man, keep play ball to, you know, play it until if you love it, play it. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people out here, a lot of times, people, you shouldn't have did this, you shouldn't have did that, you know, because of the injuries or whatever. But like I said, you can get hurt walking down the street. Um, getting hurt is a part of the game. Uh, but make sure you're taking care of your body. You're eating right. You're sleeping good. You know what I mean? Uh, and just enjoy the time that you have when you have the time, because like, it doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get done playing, man, you want to make sure you have no regrets while you're doing it. You know, you want to be able to walk away from the game with, with your head, head high, smile on your face. Uh, and that's and that's really all I got, man. And, you know, just, just stay focused and, and don't and don't veer off the track of getting distracted by the outside world. Just stay locked in on your goal. And if that's what you want to do, you do it. And if you get the opportunity to do it, man, I, I would say go for it, you know. Yeah. Um, like I said, if you love one sport more than the other, choose the sport you love the most. Um, I feel like I was in a crossroad because I love both, both sports so much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Now, is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners of On the Proud who are listening to this episode today? Oh, man, just, man, appreciate you guys. You know, all the fans out there who still kind of have my name flowing out there. Man, I appreciate the love. And, of course. you know, it's always, it's always going to bleed blue. Uh and I just hope our program keep pushing forward, man. You know, it's 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 a process of us getting better. Keep my fan, but the fans keep keep supporting Memphis, and we're gonna be we're gonna keep getting better. And hopefully, we get to one of these Power Five conferences. You no, know, we win this national championship one day. That man, kind of that. <laughs> That's some big goals, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> now you got me hyped, wanting to run through a brick wall for you. There you go. <laughs> I'm ready to run out there on the field. Yes. There you go, man. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us on this episode yes, on the course. Proud Podcast today. Man, no problem. No problem. Much appreciated. The one and only Sam Craft, Memphis Tigers football legend. Thank yeah, you so yeah. much for joining us on this episode. I'm your host, Peace, Robert Roten. I'm Amy Johnson. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to join us next time on the Proud. With the boys, yeah, we swoops, yeah, we swoops. And we got them high blocks, and we'll shoot, and we'll shoot. With the Mercedes Benz in the coupe, in the coupe. And this shit's so fucking hard, it's on loop, it's on loop.
I'm a fan of Ryan Tannehill. I'm a fan of Big Jeff in the middle. I'm Randy Johnson. Love you guys. Peace.